to another episode of Parmenio for the modern day chief of staff. On this episode, it's all about CEO decisiveness. Why it is that decisiveness is so important to an organization and to the CEO, and what is the role of the chief of staff in driving that? That is what the podcast is all about today. Before we get into the podcast, let's just kind of look at what we're going to cover. First of all, we're going to just briefly describe um, why decisiveness is such an important attribute of a CEO, Um, because that's important, of course. Second, we're going to define what it is to be decisive so we can all work off the same uh, definition. Third, we're going to talk about specific examples from CEOs and leaders, their thoughts on decisiveness, how they operate to be decisive, what it means, so we can get a clear understanding of how how top CEOs and executives approach this, right? Okay, fourth, um, we're going to look at some key research outside of of, uh, directly from CEOs, but from a psychological standpoint why it is that decisive behavior um, is such a positive and important factor uh, on an organization, why it is that indecisiveness and other factors that go along with it are so harmful, okay? We're then going to kind of summarize what it means to be decisive for an organization, Uh, and then we're going to move into operating the operating rhythm of a company and how that plays into the decision-making cycles. And then finally, um, going down into the CEO's specific decision-making cycle so that we can learn and understand what each individual CEO's decision-making style is and then work with that to synchronize, integrate, and filter to make sure that the business's decision-making cycle or the operating rhythm is functioning at a pace that is appropriate for what the CEO desires and the business, okay? Okay, so first of all, um, on our last podcast, uh, we talked about uh, the CEO Genome Project, which is a large-scale project in which they've they've uh, surveyed and canvassed and interviewed uh, hundreds of CEOs. And out of that project, uh, what they found is that the number one attribute of successful CEOs is decisiveness. Okay, so it's, it was the number one uh, attribute. So therefore, I mean, based upon that and what we're going to talk about today, we can understand that being decisive as a CEO is one of the, if not the most critical attributes of a successful CEO and thus a successful organization, okay? Um, so how do we define, what, is, what does decisive mean? Well, it's the ability to come to decisions despite levels of uncertainty. You may not have all the information. You've got some important pieces of information, and you're able to um, make decisions on the information that you have in order to keep the cycle of the organization moving forward. Okay? Um, The decision and decisiveness ability can have two components. It can be both 
positive um, capability and negative capability. A positive capability is, is making a proactive decision to make a change um, based upon not having full information. And have a negative capability is to say, well, I don't have the information, but holding course is the best um, uh, option available. Okay, so it can work both ways but it's a commitment to going a certain direction, right? Okay, so now we've defined um, what decisiveness is. Let's look at what some uh, prominent leaders and CEOs have to say in terms of their feelings about you know, being decisive. Well, let's look at Theodore Roosevelt, certainly regarded as one of the, the greatest presidents of all time. And what Theodore Roosevelt says, and many people have probably heard this, that in any moment of decision, the best thing you can do, of course, is the right thing, the right decision at that moment. Um, the next best thing you can do is the wrong thing, and the worst thing you can do is nothing. So again, it's all about that idea that you want to keep momentum moving. You want to th keep the organization moving. You don't want to have uncertainty creep into people's minds, right? A sense of direction, a sense of moving forward is important for motivation and inspiration. And when people don't have that, it can lead to a lot of bad things. Uh, depression, anxiety, stress, um, which w can bring an organization or a country um, to a standstill. Jeff Bezos. He is also known for keeping things crisp and moving along. And what Jeff, Jeff Bezos says is that um, we don't need all the information to make decisions. We need about 70% of the information um, to make decisions. Of course, the right pieces of information. But we don't need to unearth every factoid to make a decision. Okay? Um, and then Jeff Bezos is, of course, big on this and he champions it throughout the organization. So this isn't just something that um, only applies to Jeff. It applies to the whole organization. He wants this instilled within the organization to keep Amazon um, moving at a crisp operational pace moving forward. Don't sit still. You sit still, you lose ground. That's, that's the idea here. Second, um, Bezos says, we have a philosophy that says we can disagree and commit. Now, if everybody doesn't agree uh, about a decision, that's okay. If we've got enough people, we've got enough, enough information, 70%, let's, let's agree to move forward, even if we disagree about the decision. And even if I'm the one, Bezos, that is disagreeing, I will commit. And that's important. Once you move forward, Everybody must commit and move behind whatever decision is or project. Third, um, Bezos talks about you know quick ex escalation instead of waiting. If you have a group of people and they can't get to a decision um, and they've you know discussed it enough, escalate it. Let's not sit here and belabor this anymore. Escalate it uh, above, get a decision made, and then commit and move again. This whole philosophy of decisiveness is about keeping the organization moving forward. Um, you lose opportunities when you don't. When you, you get stale, you lose market share, all kinds of bad things can happen. So this philosophy of being decisive is as much about being decisive as it is about keeping positive momentum in the organization moving forward.
Eric Schmidt, who was the former CEO at Google. Um, what he says, the most important thing is making quick decisions. And when he was CEO at Google, he could give you numerous examples about, listen, we need to, we need to move forward. We've got enough information. We can belabor this all week, all month, but we need to make a decision now. And, and he imprinted that within the organization. Stephen Gorman, CEO of Greyhound, uh, what does he say? He says, bad decisions are better than lack of direction. So again, we, we, this, we hear this connection and correlation between um, decision-making and direction and movement. They all go together. Um, Gorman says most decisions can be undone, but what's important is that the organization moves at the right amount of speed, right? When he talks about speed, we can, we can talk about that as kind of the organization's pulse or its operating rhythm. It's the rhythm, the pulse, the cadence at which the organization moves. And if you look back at what Bezos says, 70% of information, disagree and commit and move forward, quick escalation of, of problem areas um, up, up above to make decisions if you can't. All these, these three components here that Bezos has outlined all ensure that the pace of the organization, the pulse, the operating rhythm moves forward in an appropriate manner at the pace that Bezos wants. He sets the tone, he sets the pace, then it's important for the organization to keep moving at that pace. Obviously, the bigger the organization, the more complex it gets, the more global it gets, despite all the technology that we have, we know um, this complexity can slow down in operation. So the bigger, the more complex, the more emphasis and, and input you have to have on this notion of being decisive, right? Um, and it's this process of moving forward um, in this organizational complexity, that's where the role of the chief of staff starts to come in, right? Keeping this machine moving, right? Synchronizing information and people, integrating information and people, filtering information and people so that the decision-making cycle moves forward at the appropriate pace as deemed by the CEO, okay? Um, let's move into the next piece of this. Now, what's the, what does the research on uh, decisiveness and lack of decisiveness tell us? Um, research tells us that people prefer decisive leaders. Um, it's no surprise. Decisive leaders are, um, they display more confidence, and so people are more likely to trust them. And so research from uh, Bernheim and uh, Boda Creed um, illustrates this. They, they looked at some research on, on candidates and voters, and what they found was that voters preferred candidates that displayed greater levels of decisiveness. And that project was done in uh, 20, 2016. Again, People be, prefer decisive leaders. Breeds confidence and trust. Um, uncertainty and not making decisions breeds stress and anxiety. And again, research from uh, Berger, Bestman, and Rutledge identified in that when stress was highest, when uncertainty was highest. Again, research they did in 2016. Organizations that 
stall in our uncertainty, breed anxiety, breed stress. And what does that do? That's harmful for morale. That's harmful for the disposition of employees in the organization. It slows things down. It makes people not want to work there, right? So it's a whole bunch of bad things. Um, another piece of information that's relevant to this discussion is that too much information when making decisions is detrimental. Not only is it just not needed, it makes things worse. It slows things down. Again, research by uh, Lepper and Leidinger in 2000. Too many inputs inhibits decision-making of the organization. Okay? And so we can see from this, decisiveness is, is, is a lot more than just making decisions in an appropriate and, and condensed manner. It's about keeping the organization moving in a positive direction, both internally and externally from a market standpoint, so you're not um, getting surprised and you're outflanking your maneuvers, and internally, keeping morale high, keeping team cohesion high. Um, and motivating and inspiring employees to move forward. Um, so we can see decisiveness uh, being a key factor here in organizational success. And it's all about keeping the organization moving at the right pace. Um, we can summarize. Um, uh, decisiveness is critical attribute of CEOs. Um, it's more likely that people will trust decisive leaders, right? It's more likely that employees will be inspired and motivated to keep moving forward in a positive direction. And indecisiveness leads to uncertainty, slows things down, okay? Again, the role of the chief of staff is to cycle through these things, right? Um, through the operating cycle and through the CEO's decision-making cycle, synchronizing information, people, and decisions integrating them, filtering them. Why is filtering important? Because we can see that too much information is debilitating to an organization. So if you're a chief of staff and one of your key components here is managing and, and making sure that the cadence of the organization and operating ry rhythm is moving along at the right pace, Filtering information and people is an important aspect of the role, right? Synchronizing people and information is an important aspect of the role in order to keep the decision cycle moving, right? Integrating people and information to keep the decision cycle moving is critical. So what we say here is chief of staff's role in this, in the heart of the operating rhythm and the business cycle is to synchronize, integrate, filter, right? These processes. And we can really say that the operating rhythm, if we define it, is a cycle of inputs, meeting information, data, et cetera, and outputs, decisions and actions that drive the operating um, decision-making style and piece of the business. The operating rhythm overlays the in individual CEO's decision-making style, right? It's, it's, it reflects it. It should reflect it. If you think about what Bezos says, 70% uh, of information needed to make decisions. We disagree and commit. We have quick escalation. We move things forward. All those components 
should be embedded in terms of the operating rhythm of the business and how it moves at the right pace. And those are just three components. Those are Jeff Bezos' you know, three big ones probably. But there's other things that are involved in terms of the, the operating cycle, the operating rhythm and pulse. Um, so now let's move into the actual CEO decision-making style. Because if we understand the CEO's decision-making style, we can then reflect that in terms of how we, or how you as a chief of staff, operate, again, to synchronize, integrate, and filter people, processes, information, um, and the organization and time and space to condense the operating rhythm and pace and decision-making style, okay? So on the CEO's decision-making style, we can kind of break it down into four categories. We can kind of say um, guidance in decisions. How does the CEO give guidance? How do they make decisions? Um, what are the interactions with the staff like from the CEO's position? Um, what information is needed? Uh, we talked about Bezos. I want 70%. But what, what, uh, what type of information is he looking for? Because when you're making decisions and you have a lot of experience like a Bezos, you learn, you develop mental models and heuristics, if you will, that allow you to make decisions. But there's pieces of information that you want to know when you make these decisions. Those are things, as a chief of staff, you want to understand about the CEO, right? And then finally, the communication style, the specific communication style of each CEO and other people in the business as well. So from guidance in decision-making, um, how does the CEO like to give guidance in decisions? Does, he, does the CEO like to do this in small groups, drive-bys, you know, walking down the hallway and make, give guidance or make decisions? Does he like to do it in large staff meetings? What's the specific particular style of the CEO? How does the CEO have their interactions with the staff? Um, does she do it through the COS, you? Does she rely on you? Does the CEO do it in one-on-ones or groups? What's the interaction style? How does that impact um, the business operating rhythm or cadence, the pace? And how do you work to impact that, to identify that and keep that business and decision-making style moving forward so things aren't slipping through, right? Information. What information? How often? How much? What specific types of information are needed to make decisions? These are all the things that you, uh, as chief of staff, want to know and to identify, again, so that if there are decision-making moments, if you are pushing um, deliberate at a deliberate pace for decisions to be made, need to make sure that you have the right information, how much of that information, and when and where and how it's presented, right? And finally, uh, the specific communication style of the CEO or others in the organization. What format, verbal, written, uh, bullet points, font, those kind of things. So it's simple, crisp, and easy, and somebody who is reading information doesn't have to first absorb uh, a different format or writing approach. They can get right to the heart of the matter and make decisions. So again, understanding the CEO's decision-making style and then um, understanding how that fits in to the overall operating rhythm, business cadence, and pulse 
and then working within those two things to really um, synchronize, integrate, and filter the people, the information, and the processes that are flowing. Chief of Staff's role in that is to obviously over time, because if you're just starting the role, you have to learn these things, right? But as you learn them over time, you can then imprint a much more deliberate and focused decision-making style on the organization, right? I'll give you an example. Um, Louis Berthier, who was Napoleon's longtime chief of staff, long time for like 14 years, they said there was a saying that Berthier was the only person that could read and translate Napoleon's written commands and bring them forth to be executed um, on the battlefield. Now, um, what does that mean? Does it, does it mean that Berthier was the only one who could actually read Napoleon's handwriting? Or does it mean that Berthier had such a good common shared understanding of what Napoleon's intent was when he was writing his commands that Berthier could then take the intent of the commands written by Napoleon and execute them in the field efficiently, quickly, and fast that would lead to success? The answer is probably the latter, right? Over time, as Berthier was working with Napoleon, as Napoleon's chief of staff, he developed a very strong shared understanding of what Napoleon would mean when he would say or write or do certain things. And then Berthier developed the ability to easily translate that into specific commands and orders and decisions, right? One of the things that you're wanting to do as a chief of staff is very much a similar thing. You want to understand the CEO's decision-making style, why they make the decisions that they do, what's the process of inputs and information that they need to make them, and then you, eventually, you want to get to a spot where you know exactly what information, how much they would need, and how they would make a decision, and what their decision would be. Because once you're doing that, you're developing fully into that role of, of proxy that a lot of organizations are looking for in their chief of staff. You understand the CEO's decision-making style, their mental models, their heuristics. You can have a set of information and come to the same conclusions that the CEO would, right? And over time, as you're learning these things, that's how you keep and modify and organize and keep the business rhythm and operating cadence moving at a deliberate pace that matches um, exactly what the CEO is looking for in terms of tempo, okay? All right, so uh, let's just kind of summarize what we covered here again. We talked about the importance of decisiveness in an organization and for CEOs. We defined what decisiveness was. We gave some examples from Bezos and Eric Schmidt and Stephen Gorman on um, their, their views on decisiveness and why it's so important. Um, we then looked at some research that says, you know, why is decisiveness so important from a psychological standpoint? And why is it that uncertainty is so damaging and too much information is so damaging? And we really, really fleshed that out and 
we're able to look at a bigger picture here of why the decision-making cycle and decisiveness is so key for an organization to be successful, right? We then summarized all these things in terms of why it is important um, to be decisive in an organization. We talked about the operating rhythm as the cycle of inputs and outputs uh, in terms of the decision-making style, how you want to keep that moving at a deliberate and crisp pace to align with and match the CEO's decision-making style. And that how over time, one of the things that you want to do uh, as chief of staff is really understand and master um, the CEO's decision-making style so that the operating rhythm, the pulse, the cadence can fully align with that so that the organization can move forward succinctly, deliberately, and matching the vision of what the CEO wants to set in terms of setting the tempo and the cadence, okay? All right, so that's this episode of Parmenio, and it's all about CEO decisiveness and how you, as the chief of staff, play a fundamental and critical role in the organization's ability to be decisive. So thank you once again for listening to another episode of Parminio.